Mr. Grow It from the Stash Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Do you want to get your hands on the latest From the Stash merch? Check the links below, get the From the Stash store, and go check to see the latest drop. We appreciate all the support, as always, and we will check you in the next epi. A huge shout out to AC Infinity. They recently released their humidifier. This is an easy top fill system that allows you to adjust the moisture levels from the outside of your tent. It connects to the controller 69, which makes things so much easier to use. You can follow it on your app. You can see it from outside the tent without ever having to step inside. If you head over to acinfinity.com, use promo code THESTASH15, you can save a few dollars off not only the humidifier, but all of their products. And while you're at it, thank them for being a sponsor of today's video. When it comes to genetics, the question's always out there. Are you really getting what you're being sold? Is the name on that that bag really what you're getting? Um, I posted a video a few weeks back in regards to a conversation I had with a one Dan Herrer the son of Jack Herrer, and he was discussing how the Jack Herrer brands has never released a Jack Herrer's cultivar, and I was shocked by that, and I, I thought, wow, how could the guy himself, the son of the guy himself, not have ever released this, this product, this cultivar, and then I started to do a little more homework, and then I, I found out that it turns out that the Jack Herrer brands never actually created the Jack Herrer name, or sorry, I shouldn't say that, the cultivar, because it was actually created in 1996 in by Sensei Seeds as a tribute to Jack Herrer. So it made me kind of wonder then, who has the rights to the name, and are any of the, the, the names that I have grown actually what they said they were so i kind of want to hash it out today are we getting the genetics that we think we are if so then great if not how do we go about trying to get the right name from uh, the people we know and trust man dude when i first started growing my initial well my with my medical card um it was all these names that are really like well known like la confidential cindy 99 a few others that are like very well known but for some reason none of them were what they were because now when i have them it's not even in the ballpark like not even slightly related so i'm telling people i love a good cindy 99 and then i have it and i'm like this is this is not cindy and it's like no the cuts that i got were not cindy so that's the trouble now is you not only have from getting the beans but down to getting the cuts or, or clones from somebody or the flower from a place like how can you tell it's authentic only if you really know a characteristic that you're like that's got a runs turp to or like certain things that are undeniable but there's no way to really know for sure you have something unless you know the breeder i guess right yeah exactly it's so easy for people to lie you know unfortunately it's, it's, it's sad to say that but i remember way back when i first started i would get you know a certain cultivar the seed and get to it and i'm like how do i know this is legit like how do you truly know that the genetics you have are legit. You, you can't unless you, you're getting it directly from the breeder. Um, now, I have so many people that hit me up through like DM, social media, and they either they offer to send me stuff. Um, I don't know if it's, it's real or not, right? Maybe if the packaging was there, you could tell whether it was legit or not. Um, but there's a lot of new banks that reach out to me like, oh, can you promote my bank? And I'm like, 
No, you don't have any reputation on, on anything. You're like, oh, brand new, just started, blah, blah, blah. How do I know what you're doing is legit? Like, where's the credibility behind you as a breeder and your brand? There's nothing. And unfortunately, there's so many people out there that are able to get away with it. You know, they are able to just send stuff out without that reputation. And who knows, they could be lying. So sadly, I think there is a large percentage of people that are lying and just sending out BS. Uh, it's sad. It's sad. I wish there was a better way to legitimize everything and, and make sure that you're getting legit genetics. Well, yep. What about and, like uh, the copycat genetics of the world or the ILGMs of the world? Are these really train wreck? Are these really blue dream? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you, how do you know? How can you tell? Because it's yeah. that's the breeder, right? You're getting it from a breeder, but is it the breeder? And how do we trace that back other than than forums all over the internet that have people arguing and debating and saying, I know this person from here? Or unless you know Todd McCormick and AG over there that is connecting right with the OGs, you know? Yeah, I honestly, I, I believe there, unless we are going to be able to get to a point where science can can break apart the molecular makeup of these plants, which it can, but we didn't do this to the Afghans and the skunks and the, the 70s herb the 80s herb, the 90s herb. We didn't break it apart. We don't know what it actually is made up of. So when we go to take some kind of uh, sample of it to do some kind of analysis on it, we don't even know what we have, you know? So I honestly believe that as the generations can go on, you know, the old timers are going to fade out and that's where you're going to find these sources. You have to go to the old timers. They hold the key. They hold the, 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 the secrets to, you know, the, the past in terms of who was growing what, when, and where. You know, it's not that these are, I, I don't believe they're gone. I don't believe there's no more skunk. I don't believe there's no Afghan, pure Afghan. I, I don't. I believe it is out there. Somebody has it, but of course, maintaining these genetics for any particular time, we're growers, we know this is not easy. How do you keep one plant or multiple plants for generations? You know, you do that by sending them to other people and by spreading it out and, and then that dilutes the story, right? It's hard to tell who kept them, who, who crossed them, who did what with where, right? So essentially doing your homework checking in with reputable sources from reputable names. And we, we talk about Todd McCormick and I think Todd's a great source. This is a guy that was involved in the movement in the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, and had cuts of Northern lights, had cuts that he gave like the original cuts, you know, um, and they, they spread out. So it's going to come down to homework, uh, because as you said, Rob, people are actively lying, or Chris, and people are actively changing the names. As a producer, up, or sorry, as a consumer up here in Canada, when I had my prescription, there was a producer that I had to go through to get my medicine. They admitted that they changed names so that it would appeal to everyone. You know, they don't want little grandmas getting green crack or baby shit or what have you. You know what I mean? So they want to make it a little more appealing. So they give it fruitier names or sexier names. So that's happening. And that's only making it more difficult to find what it is we, we're, we're looking for. Well, and, and the issue too nowadays with the stability of things where you don't see consistent phenotypes across the board. You'll have people who literally will have a number six and a number two, and they don't even seem like they're related. So then you tell somebody to go get a pack of these same ones and, well, you may run into one through 50. Who knows? You know, and that's why you'll see a lot of uh, 
commercial grows do a pheno hunt of like 100 or more because you got to figure out which one you want to keep. Now, at that point, is that genetic authentic? Are you getting that same one? Because now you're looking for a needle in a haystack when there's a bunch of different phenotypes. So there's the authenticity in terms of is it the name it's supposed to be? And also, is it the characteristics that it's supposed to be? Because a lot of these breeders are fly by night, throw stuff out there. I know tons of people have been beating down my door for some chill out OG, but Chris is making sure that it's tight and right before it goes anywhere. And I think that's the difference in terms of making sure that you've got genetics that are going to go to the masses that are represented properly, from the most novice grower to the most experienced. The genetics are the biggest factor. And if you're getting something that's not exactly what it's supposed to be, then how, how is that authentic to what you're purchasing? It's really fucked up. And it's, it's really tough because, you know, we all grow and I came to learn as I started breeding is that it's so hard to really stable and make sure that every single seed that's planted is similar. It's not an easy thing to do. Um, so maybe advanced breeders would be like, yeah, it is pretty easy. You just do this, 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 and you're, you're good to go. But um, for the beginner breeder, it's not easy to do. Um, and you've also got the environmental changes right? It, the way I grow it under my environment conditions, these phenos could look completely different from somebody across the US and are in a different environment. You know what I mean? So phenotypic expression, I don't think it's taken into like often gets confused as, oh, these aren't legit. This is not how it's supposed to look like when it's really, they're just growing it in a different environment. Yeah. I've, I very seldom have similar to, to what I see on the website or on, on a picture of, or on Instagram, right? Uh, it, 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 it's often, uh, it, I, I can get it to be much colorful, more colorful here. Like it's often uh, genetics that don't have a purple expression will often have one. I, I can pull it out pretty easy, um, which will then make you think, wow, wow, this isn't even what I was, I was sold. So yeah, your different environments are going to lead to different variables almost every time. Right. And you'd expect it to. And it makes it difficult to know if what you're growing is legit genetics or not, you know? So yeah. I do want to go back to ILGM for a minute, though, because that's a, <laughs> it's a podcast. We, we have time to talk uh, about this. But um, they are known as like one of those ones that just don't, uh, how do I word this? How do I tiptoe around it? Is a lot of people call them out for just being a replica company, right? Just going replicas. And I did a little bit of research before. Uh, this podcast episode because I knew what the topic was going to be and looked up some of the genetics they have on there. So they have a white widow, they have a Bruce Banner, they have a wedding cake, they have a gelato and they have a million other things, right? But focusing on those three, white widow, first bred by Netherlands greenhouse seeds. So do they have an agreement with greenhouse seeds to go ahead and, and copy that white widow or are they creating their own white widow with their own significant you know their own type of cross right two different types of cultivars crossing those together and creating their own sort of white widow bruce banner originally bred by dark horse genetics i believe the breeder over there called out ilgm because they didn't give him permission at all to grow out their bruce banner and so what is their bruce banner is the same cultivars as a cross you know same hybrid as what the original one by dark horse genetics did I don't think it is. So um, that's just me going out there on a limb there. Wedding cake. That's uh, made by Triangle Crush and Animal Mint. So are they using the same thing over at ILGM or are they using two different cultivars? So <laughs> I question these. Um, I've grown at ILGM in the past. I've gotten some good results. I'm not saying that they're, they're, um, they're, their plants are bad when you grow them at any, at any means. But um, are they legit? 
is kind of the big question out there for for that one in particular. I feel like. Well, I think you got to you got to take into consideration too that a lot of these places aren't. They're not breeding them themselves. They're not growing them themselves. These are just a marketplace where other breeders or other other uh, sellers bring their product to, and then the marketplace sells them. So, you know, in a lot of cases, I bet you ILGM wouldn't know whoever it is that they're getting their source from has either a legitimate or an illegitimate uh, genetic. They breed their own. I'm pretty sure they breed their own. Yeah, all of them. Robert Bergman and them, yeah. Like when we talk about when sure. we talk about places that I, I don't believe they do, so I don't believe they well, do. A bank like Attitude or like yep. uh, like Seeds Here Now right. is different versus one that's going to be like these guys. This is a ILGM genetic. Well, if you go into like I've never searched their website, so I I can't even be certain. So, but I'm just thinking if you were to go there and if you were to purchase or look at the, do they have a buy so-and-so genetics or buy so-and-so genetics? Or is it all say buy LG or ILGM? ILGM. Everything, everything. That's where I'm then, wondering like, where, Chris, where did you see the original, did they put that on their website now where the original breeder is from? No, no I oh. looked it up on Leafly. Okay, okay. So that's my point. So what they're doing, because there's no, they don't have a patent. There's no trademark. There's no nothing on these things. So you what can't get it. Hold you, you back other than one. ethics. That's the only well, thing that nothing. stops you from doing this is ethics. And, right, right. And nothing would stop them back. Nothing. Like, yeah. right, it's, it's, it's a world in search of profit, right? And, and so uh, I just, I, so in, in the case of ILGM, if that is the case, and I'll, and I'll assume that they do, that they are growing all of their own and that they don't have, they're not a bank per se, um, then no. No, of course they don't. Um, because then you would ask, well, are they distributing it? Because that would be let me like getting some chill out from my buddy and then growing a bunch of them and selling it well the difference you know is, I mean? is like if, he, this, if you had something that was like chill out that looked like chill out that was similar but it wasn't chill out mm. then maybe call it like chill it and sure this is a replica <laughs> of chill why? out OG. why call similar, it chill like, it just call it chill out og he, that's he my can't, point though, he like, can't take like because we are in this industry there's no patents there's no trademarks he can't secure the t- intellectual property of his cultivar he can't there's no way to. So some Asian company can take their, his, 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 his product. They don't even need it. They can grab a white widow. Who cares? And call it Chill Out OG. And that, that, then run with it. Because there is no way to stop this. Right? And that's my point. And people Only take advantage of that loophole. Right. People right. take yeah. advantage of it. I mean, uh, you know, another big name out there, Copycat Genetics. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, let's talk about him. He's, he's, he's super it's in his name. It's in his name. <laughs> he's super open about it. He, apparently he takes the the cultivars and makes his own crosses of it and then distributes it. So he copies other breeders work basically and then distributes Very on his own. Name. There's nothing to prevent him from doing that. And apparently according to some screenshots, there's a lot of drama online about him, by the way, you can, you can dig on YouTube, but uh, you know, potentially millions of dollars is what he's making off of, of doing this, which is just mind blowing. But here's the thing, though. Like, I'm much, I I would, not knowing much about him, and maybe we'll bring you a video about it. But the thing, the thing is, though, is that I have more respect from someone who's taken the Chilot OG, crossing it with a Purple Pigeons, and then selling it as something else. Well, at least you're putting work in. There's nothing to say that you're not doing the same thing to yo yo makers. Not just one company makes the yo yo, a million companies make the yo yo, right? But they all have a little spin on it. 
that's well, that to me is innovation. Everybody was seeking though. Everybody wanted this particular yo-yo brand, and then there was a knockoff company calling their yo-yos that same brand, and they didn't give you the same results as that other yo-yo. That's right. fucked. Get up. it on and right Wish. now. That's what we got going on. Is we've got people who are like, "This is a Cindy. This is a White Widow. This is that," and it's it's not guaranteed to be. And that's what's fucked up. And it could be similar, but why not just call it that? And I think the reason is coming from a marketing standpoint is well, ILGM ranks number one on almost everything. So why would they not do that? Why would they? I'm a lot out of focus. I right, focus a little bit. Now why would they really not have a situation where they there would? Right there, right there. I don't know. Like. The transparency in a lot of these companies boils down to they're just trying to get money. So in their case, they're trying to dominate the search engine. So when you look for White Widow, you look for Cinderella 99, you look for any of these things, you're going to find their website. And then what do they have? They have a link to purchase the product. So they've capitalized on what the other breeders haven't done as well. And that's using marketing. So they're taking, they're doing better. So instead of partnering with the good breeders, they're just saying, fuck them, cut them out. Let's make replicas and sell these. So they're, they're taking a, a, cutthroat business standpoint and they also have courses they've got so many things that they've monetized it to a level where they don't care about the community it's the industry and that's that difference between community and industry and the in-between is us here and the people in the chat it just boils down to finding that fine line of navigating and knowing who you're spending money with because a lot of these breeders perpetuate bad information and genetics to keep themselves afloat not to help the community yeah you know? no i i agree I agree. Uh, but I, I, like, I, I take issue with someone that, that is taking advantage of marketing to dominate the industry rather than someone like copycat genetics who is copycatting, but putting work involved work in, whereas I feel like someone is legitimately lying to your face. Whereas this one put it in his name, you know what I mean? So yeah, I, I do think that there is a difference, but how do you answer the question then, if you were to try to search out genetics, how do you find, how do you find what you're looking for? Is it possible? I mean, going directly to the breeder, right? As the, that's what you got to kind of do and, and doing your research and, and trying to figure out who's legit or not, who's, who has, who's been around for a while, who has a reputation of being legitimate and, you know, has feedback from multiple people. On, on whether or not it, their genetics are legit or not. Now, actually, to, uh, we're here on live on Twitch, and I see NB Indoor. He actually left a comment earlier. He's like, yeah, well, some people have are, have reputation, but they've built their reputation off BS, right? So it's like, <laughs> then you truly don't even know. Like these large breeders, it could be some that are very well-known and have very good high reviews, but they built it, everything off of BS. So, um yeah, that's not like a foolproof way to determine if your genetics are legit or not, but definitely worth mentioning that, hey, reach out to the breeder, understand who, uh, maybe even ask some questions, detailed on how they grew it, what was the cross, what what uh, generation is it, you know, is it a back cross, is it just an uh, in, inbred generation, so on and so forth, asking them the questions and see if they can answer those questions, because if they can't, well, they're probably not putting in the work, they're probably just, just giving you BS. Yeah, right, yeah. Well, there's like, it goes down even to buying or to getting cuts from people too. When you go to like, uh, you know, high times events, right? There's people who have their clones and their cuts there. And it always blows my mind when someone's walking around and they have a, a fucking huge plant for like a five hour festival. I'm like, what are you doing out here? You wild bastard. That plant's just getting exposed to everything. Like all these dirty people from all over the place. But how do you know those are legit too? 
And that's, again, the reputation. You have to know the right person. And it sounds like knowing the plug or knowing the connection, but you can research it. There's a lot of forums. There's a lot of videos. There's a lot of podcasts. There's topics of people talking about a lot of these people if they've, they've been known. And you could see if they're legit or not. There's, people get exposed more times for bad than for good. I feel like if you find nothing, that doesn't mean it's good. But if you can find bad quickly, like nine times out of 10, if somebody's done something, it's been put out there and ripped apart. But when it comes to the genetics, you don't know always because your friend could have got ripped off and he's now giving, he or she's giving it to you and you're keeping this genetic that's not the same one it's supposed to be. It even goes down to like back when you're, you know, seeing your plug and people still have that situation in prohibition states, they'd be like, yeah, this is, this GMO right here. And it's not clearly, and you can tell clear as day, but then really it's just a different phenotype. So there's the, again, that authenticity of is it the pheno what we're looking for? Is it the actual genetics we're looking for? Is it even the plant that we're looking for? It's, it's tough because you don't know unless you know. And so having, doing the due diligence first before you even get into spending money is so important because I've spent way too much on genetics that weren't what they're supposed to be or had way too many variables to find the phenotype that I was after. You know, it's, it's, it's tough. Totally agree. So then I guess the next question is, is where do we need to get to or what kind of system needs to be in place so that we can start archiving genetics? You know, if there, there is a, there is a national archive for, for genetics, for other things, um, their banks. I don't even want to say the word. You guys know what I'm trying to, the bean banks. Um, there's a bean vault, um, for all kinds of genetics. Should there be like an apocalypse? And this is like an incredible vault. It's like in ground, it's secured with like huge concrete walls and stuff like that. Anyways, um, does, does it need to happen or does it, there need, what kind of system needs to be in place so that we can start archiving genetics for, for us, for this industry legalization, obviously, but then legalization and tissue culture, I feel. Mm -hmm. Cause if we got the phenotype and we know exactly what it is, then there's no questioning. That's what it is. Now the issue comes again when it's like, all right, well, let's, make seeds come out of it again you know there's people who are literally creating sterile feminized seeds which sounds great beans and ah, sorry <laughs> which is crazy to me when you, you think about it when you say those words together sterile with it like how how's it how are you gonna keep it going you know but science is evolving like crazy so if we have an actual group of people who will dedicate their their time to this and I, again, like the Todd McCormick's of the world, yeah, he's going and finding the original breeders that he's known from back in the day and trying to bring this stuff back to life. And I think that's really doable. There's a lot of people out there who are putting in work, who are doing stuff, but there's this like at each other's throat thing in the, the industry. So instead of working together, the smaller guys, they're all like, fuck that other guy. Nine times out of 10, fuck that other guy. So they don't work together to be a stronger entity to keep these genetics going for generation after generation after generation. They die with the breeder. And that's the unfortunate part. And if the wrong person gets a hold of these, then that genetic now becomes so highly sought after, but so expensive. I mean, again, or, or something else entirely, or yeah, not even what it is. Like people have lost some of the best stuff out there. Like find a legitimate Durban poison. You know what I'm saying? Even a legitimate white widow. Like where, where? Now, if someone's like, I got one. It's like, how do you know? Did you have the original one from like the seventies? It's yeah, tough, I want man. skunk, man. I want yeah. skunk because as the story goes, you know, it's the, the, that smell, that that stink that was so prevalent in that that uh, that cultivar, it was bred out of existence because it was 
It was being grown in a time that was not favorable. And if you could smell it, it probably meant that you were going to be prosecuted for it. And so people tried to breed out that skunk smell and 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 skunk in in general really and so it's like can you still is it is it still around can you still find it can you bring it back that's what i want to know can you bring it back maybe but uh, i wanted to mention seed finder have you any guys heard of that Mm -hmm. that website's always here and there i feel like sometimes there's stuff where i'm like that's not what like i know i've talked with karma genetics directly and then i've seen stuff on there where i'm like that's not what it is what the hell so it's and what's like with a Wikipedia. these look at these fucking websites like holy christ what so much words bro like god yeah. dang this Too is like words. straight out of 85 man before the internet existed all right anyways no yeah, we can't like show databases it. We can't show you know no. for information and like there's a lot of good information on there you find the lineage of, of your cultivar but at the same time it's just eh, it's like going to leaf leaf for to find your terpenes hmm. you know yeah. it might be right it could be yep well, yeah. some breeders submit their own stuff in there. So, for example, I searched Briscoe OG, and uh, you know, it, it it was submitted by THC Titan, you know, and he wrote up that. From my understanding, and you can look back and you can see the the lineage of it, which I think is pretty cool. So, I think it's a website just worth noting. Um, is it 100% reliable? Probably not. No, but um, it's just interesting. If you type in something like White Widow, let's type that in and see what see what it shows here. I'd be curious if there's some kind of vetting process or could pigeons. There's like a million of them. There's a million of them. So I was just going to say, so I could submit my own one. Yeah. Yeah. There's no vetting process. Pretty much. Pretty much. But you can find information here. Like I know uh, Subcool. I know Subcool used to submit all his information on here back in the day. Um, Rest in peace, Subcool. So there is some good, like old school breeders. We'll, We'll put their Jinx proof. I know he puts his stuff in here. So. Um, you can definitely find some good information on Seed Finder. And that helps to know your stuff, but then that sucks when you just know it and then you find out you got ripped off later. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you still don't know when you did that. You got that beam, you got that fucking cut, you got whatever. You still don't know. That's what sucks. And it's just, that's a gamble with this, whether it's because you do have the authentic genetic and it's going to take time to find the phenotype, or you don't have the authentic, authentic genetic and you had no fucking clue that flavor was not a part of it. I, I did see earlier over here on Twitch someone talking about identifying via terpenes. That's how I do it. There you go. Like I was able to find my original Holy Grail Kush that I had years ago, or not not Holy Grail. It was Green Crack, which actually turned out being Holy Grail Kush. I just one day took a hit off blunt, and I fucking was like, "Whoa, what is this, bro?" And he was like, "Oh, Holy Grail." I was like, "You sure it's not called Green Crack?" He's like, "Nope." And I mean, it was so spot on. It was scary. I was like, "That's it. I'm buying some." And I spent so much time trying to pheno hunt. It was insane, and I never found the one I really, really liked, but all of them were close. So it's like, if you can go based on experience, that may be the best thing, or if you know at least characteristics of how the cultivar grows a little bit, um, different things like that, I feel like are really, really beneficial, but it's a lot of times that you don't know until you grow. This is what it is. And if you don't know, now you know. Well, you still have variability on... Um, the terpene profile, no matter how it's grown, right? We're, we're learning so much. We're still learning about ter- terpene synthesis, right? We definitely don't know know it all. But um, I had a podcast episode with Queen of the Sun Grown, and she was talking about how like companion plants can actually impact the terpene profile of that plant that we all know and love. So, uh, and you know, you talk, you hear about the actual plant nutrition. Obviously, like the lighting is involved. So there's like a lot of variables. So 
I feel like it's even looking at the terpene profile, you can see variability between plants grown, even if it's a stable genetics. I honestly believe there's going to, we're not even going to use these names anymore anyway. It's in the same way we refer to Q-tips as Q-tips and not cotton swabs. Uh, I, I think that it's going to just become down to uh, the terpene profile, the cannabinoid profile. What What is it that rocks your socks? Are you looking for something that's tasty? Are you looking for something that plows you in the face? Are you looking for something that puts you to sleep? Are you looking for something that creates? Are you looking for something that inspires conversation? Are you looking for something that... And that has nothing to do with its name. So it's like, uh, I imagine there's going to just be a time where someone's just going to say, that's why all these numbers exist. You know what I mean? Like everything's a cut crossed with a number, number, GG4, number 57, SI15. Like I don't get, it's it's the same way they're naming asteroids for crying out loud. Like it doesn't matter. It's an asteroid. It's so it's like, it's, I think it's going to be the same thing with our plant. We're going to be searching for what tickles our, 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 our senses and that's it. And the name is irrelevant. And we're going to be looking at numbers, you know, terpene percentage, you know, cannabinoids, da, 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 you know, so on and so forth. When we start to explore the, the, the multitude of, of effects of different cannabinoids, I think that's what we're going to start to read. You know, how many agree. people go in and grab a bottle of, of vodka in the store because it says absolute on it? Not me. I used to grab it because it said 45% on it. You know what I mean? Like that, that's the one I'm looking for. And typically you can find one that's not absolute. You guys have no idea what I'm talking about because I'm Canadian, but it's a... Uh, uh, yeah you guys have absolute vodka okay yeah. okay so it's like yeah the, the cheaper shit typically had the higher percentage right so the name didn't matter you just want vodka you know so i like I the think way that's, you think, man i agree that's be cool. say, that would be a chris and p way but for me way is like i don't want to have that kamchaka type of flavor that choke it down sorry wink i don't want to have that like ugh, like i like it a little better so the absolute Tito's and up if I'm going, if we're talking the vodkies, I dis- you know what I'm saying? I'll let you finish, but I disagree. <laughs> well, but I, I've never looked at the percentage ever. I only have once I realized when this fruity shit that I have, I'm like, I'm not getting a buzz at all. I'm like, oh, 5%? Yeah, that's why. <laughs> so you know, so like, why, don't, why don't you buy the point zero five O duels? The stuff with no alcohol in it. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like th- it's the same argument I have when I'm in commercial grow at Franklin Fields. If we get it 20% or higher, adequate. Then we're talking about terpenes, flavonoids, other cannabinoids. It's got to hit a certain threshold with potency. You know what I'm I saying? See. But at the same time, like the the appeal of the name in this market is fucked. So I see the the argument there. But then you've got things like lemon G or orange Skittles. If it didn't have a lemon flavor, that's fucked. But if you're looking for a lemon and it has those names, oh, but like the lemon haze, is it lemony or no? So no, that's a fucked up. The one. super silver haze is more lemony than the, the lemon and that haze. Been and here's lemon. my point. So, and this was my point to go back to is that if you can, I'll take any vodka, any wine connoisseur, any tequila connoisseur. I'm going to put five tequilas on a table. I'm going to cover them up, and I'm going to get you to sip each one. You might get two or three out of five. You will not get five out of five. By blind taste testing guarantee the same thing with weed if i put five cultivars on your plate and yeah and you had to pick each one i can guarantee maybe two three we might get you will not get five for five that's why name does not matter it's going to come down to taste it's going to come down to its profile it's going to come to how it kicks you in the face it's it, it's every other aspect other than the name my my relation to the vodka and its percentage we only have one percentage on a bottle of alcohol that's its alcohol percentage that's what yeah. i mean i don't give a fuck about the percentage it's well, just yeah, that's yeah, the no, only I... telling tale right so that's how it's going to be for 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 product we're going to be looking at all those numbers rather than that that name 
right? See, I think that's where we were agreeing indirectly where it yeah. was like, yeah. if it's labeled properly, it should be when I walk into the store and I'm fucking trying to order something that says Kush, it's going to have a cushy flavor, not something sweet. It should almost be that's the only time, in my opinion, where it makes sense to rename something is when that particular phenotype you have did not show the expressions of what someone's expecting. Put that name in it. Give it a twist because it's not that what they're looking for. You know what I'm saying? If I went in there for the orange Skittles and that shit did not taste like orange, I'm like, well, what the? F let's call it something else, Skittles, because this is gonna literally just piss off the customer. And if I go into something with expectations that are here, and it comes here, I'm gonna fucking grill you, and I'm never coming back. So I think that's where this industry thinks they're selling based on the the look, the name, all these things, all this perceived value shit. But once you grow it, once you smoke it, once you consume it. It's a one and done deal. Never going to purchase it again. There's no long-term value. It's a short-term gain. So for the breeders who are doing the bullshit, for the people who are uh, getting rid of their flower as bullshit name, it's just a quick cash grab because they're going to get exposed. They're getting exposed on this episode. You know? Yeah. yeah. I think it's important to have this conversation. I think it's important to be able to celebrate those that are chasing true genetics and to, you know, call out those that aren't. Um, but there needs to be a clear distinction between someone like, in my opinion, someone like Copycat and then someone like ILGM, who's, again, one's lying to your face and the other one put it in his name, you know? So it's like there is a difference. But I think what we've said here is you've got to do your homework, your homework, and you've got to understand where these genetics are coming from. You also need to kind of understand that it might be hit or miss. You might not be getting that that original cut from 1991, you know? it's. In my opinion, you're, you're, you're kind of chasing, you know, chasing the wind. Um, but you, you might be able to find something that meets that genuine profile as close as possible. And who knows? It might not be that. It might be something completely different. But it still meets that, that, that profile, I guess, for lack of a better word. And we, uh, we also did a, an entire episode on how to find great genetics. So after you guys are done watching this episode... Definitely check that out because we, we touched upon it a little bit in this episode here, kind of where to find legit ones. But uh, we get deeper into it, real deep into it, a whole episode on it. So uh, that's episode 97. Uh, we could probably link it down in the YouTube description section below too for those of you who are tuned in on YouTube. But if you're on one of the podcast platforms, 97, watch that episode after this one. Absolutely. And don't yeah. forget, if there's anything that uh, you want to check out or uh, want to see live, we record these episodes live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, 2 Eastern, and 11 Pacific. If you want to come and join, influence the conversation, help direct things, you can participate live, twitch.tv slash from the stash. Come check it out. We'd love to see you in the chat sometime. And, uh, and don't forget, if you're here on Twitch, we actually do these. We got videos. Come check it out from the stash on YouTube. Okay? Oh, yeah, yeah, and that's usually where we not just talk about it. We also talk about it, if you don't know. And if you want to see uh, or hear us discuss some uh, more breeding stuff with some more breeders, I just talk to a good fella who has a good connection with some actual legit breeders. And I'd love to get someone like Todd on to get Dan on to talk this kind of stuff. Somebody who's more than the sideline guys, because the only one who's sitting amongst us here who's actually breeding is Chris. And he's still a hobbyist, you know, no, clearly no offense, but he's not, he ain't getting rid of him yet. Beginner. So if we get, you know, like when we had talked with, uh, with Vader, Vader. We just skimmed across the top of the ice. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like if we can get more into that, I would love those conversations. It's really, really interesting to get not just the science, but the stories of how they started to where they are now going through. I was talking with James Bean. Shout out to the real James Bean. 
somebody that he was dealing with was taking the beans and putting them inside like the perforated area of the fucking um, cardboard boxes. So jamming them in there. So you look like you got a flat piece of cardboard. And you're like, no, I got ripped off. You're like, no, they're inside stuff. Like, what? Just crazy. Yeah, crazy I, had to rip, stuff, I had to rip cardboard apart to get it out of there one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very clever. Very clever. Yeah, yeah, I know. So I think those would be great stories. So definitely uh, we'll look into that. And everybody we'll, else, if you want to kick it longer and talk up, kick it over here on twitch.tv slash from the stash. We do it big over here. The rest of you guys tuning in. We'll see you next time. It's your boy Rob from CLTV. And from Stash, obviously, Pigeons 420, Mr. Grower, and Wink on the ones and twos. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.